Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today, you're ready for the Word of God. Actually, I like this sermon. It helped me a lot. I believe it will help you too. We're going to continue to talk about fruitfulness. We're going to talk more how to be fruitful. Let's read some scripture here. In John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, You are already clean because of the word, because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verses 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Verse 16. You did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father's In my name, he may give you. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will teach your people today. Help them to understand your truth and the truth to set them free. Father, we don't want to be the same. We want to be changed by your word. We want to be set free by your truth from all the misunderstanding and ignorance, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When you read this scripture, you can see that the Lord expects all of us to bear fruit. Are you a branch of the vine? Are you a born-again Christian? Are you connected to the vine? If you are a truly born-again Christian, God expects you to bear fruit. And if you have already produced fruit, God wants you to produce even more each year. He wants to prune you and change you and equip you to bear more fruit. A lot of times Christians misunderstand that I get saved, I just go to church two times a year, Christmas and Thanksgiving or Resurrection Sunday, and that's it. And they never do anything for God. God said that is not acceptable. If we claim to be a Christian, we need to bear fruit for God. And I want this to get into your spirit, that you make a decision, that you volunteer yourself to bear fruit for God. No one can force you. And if you say to the Lord, Lord, I give my life to you to bear fruit. One thing that you need to do is to not walk in fear. Don't get into fear, but get in faith. Instead of making all the excuses, I'm too busy, you know, I'm too young, I'm too old. Instead of making excuses, you should make adjustment. You should make some changes. And you say, God, do something in my life that I can bear more fruit. In fact, in the past 30 years of being a Christian, I decided to bear fruit since the first day I accepted Christ. And it's so wonderful. I noticed that the more I want to bear fruit for God, the more He gives to me more understanding and knowledge. Give to me more anointing so I can go out and bear more fruit. And He prunes and He cut off all the junks, all the bad things in my life so that I can bear more fruit for Him. And it's wonderful to bear fruit. Amen? As a neurosurgeon, it's so fulfilling when you can put the clip, titanium clip on the aneurysm. When you put the clip and... Boom! Done. Poke the aneurysm. The aneurysm is dead. You know what aneurysm means. I hope you know. The balloon vessel in the brain that can rupture and cause patient to die. Or when you take out a tumor, and when the tumor is gone from the brain, you feel like, 
you feel so good. You feel even better when you bear more fruit for God because you were created by God to bear fruit for God. Christians who live for themselves and never do anything for God will never become fulfilled. They will be bored. But if you bear fruit for God, you're gonna be so fulfilled. Your life will be happy and will be full of the grace of God. Let's look at Second Peter chapter one verses two to eight again one more time. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature. Everyone say partakers, receiving the divine nature. Taking in, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. This is New King James version. In the NIV version, say, make every effort, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For if these things, if these seven things that you add to your faith, you start your Christian life with faith, and God wants you to add seven things into your life, are yours and about. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible talk about. Partakers of the divine nature. When you hear that word, you can see the branch and the vine, because the branch receive the nature from the vine, and as the branch keep receiving the good things from the vine or the trunk, then the branch can bear fruit, and that's how God work. If you abide in Jesus, He keeps sending things into your life. Trunk will send water into the branch, will send nutrients into the branch, and branches are connected to each other. This is how God works in a church. God gives nutrient to you, and that is the word of God. It's come from the word of Jesus Christ, come from the Holy Spirit, and the water is the Holy Spirit. God fill you with water with the Holy Spirit, and not only that, the branches are connected, which means we need to have fellowship in the church. Being a loner Christian, you will not grow. You can grow only you are connected with the local church. Amen. So the Bible says we need to add these seven things. What are these seven things? Number one, we're talking about virtue. You remember the Bible say God gonna prune. He gonna cut off something that is not helping you to be fruitful. What are the things that He gonna cut off from you that prevent you from being fruitful? Those are the things that are opposite to the seven things. Let's look at the first thing I review a little bit here today. I will talk about one, but I review from the last two sermon. The first one is virtue. What is opposite of virtue? The opposite of virtue or excellence is doing things with minimal effort, doing things just to get by, being sloppy, just do things and okay, this is it. I don't want to put any more effort into it. If we want to be fruitful, we need to be excellent people. We need to depend. And hook up to the spirit, the Holy Spirit of excellence, and let Him work through you. What does it mean, excellence? Excellence means to surpass, to go beyond, to do the best you can, to go above, to go further than normal, to do the best. 
God, the best of God will flow to you, and you do the best for God. And God needs to trim the sloppiness out of our life so that we can be fruitful for God. That's number one. I'm reviewing right now. Number two, knowledge. Add to your faith virtue or excellence. Then add to virtue knowledge. What is the opposite to knowledge? The opposite to knowledge is ignorance. If you are ignorant, you cannot be fruitful. How can we get the knowledge? We need to be hungry to know the truth of God. We need to be learners. We need to study the word of God. We need to receive the truth from God. Not just receive and decorate your brain. You know, you have knowledge in different levels. You have knowledge up here. You'll have knowledge in here. And you'll have knowledge into your daily life. You practice and you have experience of the knowledge of God. My question to you is, will we go to the place where we don't need to learn anymore in this life? The answer is no. All the days of your life, you will never get to the place where you never need to learn more the Bible or learn the truth of God. We have to learn the truth. No one knows everything. I have certain parts of ignorance. But the more I know, the more I become more fruitful. So that's why I study Bible every single day. I never sit around doing nothing. I study the Bible all the time. The more I know, the more I become more fruitful. Many years ago, before year 2002, I did not understand about demonology at all. And one time, a lady came into our church and began to manifest demon. And I did not know what to do. We have to carry her out of the room and put in another room. And I did not know what to do. Now, demon dare not do that in this church because they're going to be cast out. Because after year 2002, I studied the Bible about casting out demons. Now I know how to cast out demons. I become more fruitful. We need to have the knowledge of God. Amen. We have a lot of things that we don't know and we need to learn from God. We need to be hungry, read the Bible all the time and study the Bible. We don't want you to come here and be baby forever. We want to build you up. Thank God for the technology. Many years ago, I when I became a new believer, I went to a very powerful church in Thailand. I went to the tape table, talked to the tape lady. And I told her, how many tapes you have? At that time, I was a two-year-old believer. I went to the tape table and said, how many tapes you have? May I see the list? She showed me the list about maybe 300 tapes. No CD at that time, no MP3. I say, I will pay all of them. I want to the whole set, 300, and it's still in my garage today. You can go to my home and see all those hundreds of tapes in my garage. I listen to all of them because I want to know the Word of God. I'm hungry for the things of God. Amen. Today, thank God, we don't need to carry the tape anymore. We just come in with a small box, plug into the computer, download the MP3, and you can go listen anywhere in the world, in the airplane, in the car. So we have the teaching that are available to you for free of charge. So when you go to heaven on that day and you see Jesus and Jesus say, why are not you fruitful on earth here? You say, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know much. Believe me, you have no excuses in the New Hope International Church because we have the table out there free of charge and you don't take advantage of it. It's your problem and God now, not me. I already provide for you all the lesson. You need to be diligent to hear the word of God and study the word of God. Get into the good teaching, anointed teaching that will build your faith. We have all kinds of series that will teach you from basic ABC to the level of you can serve God as a pastor. So we have all kinds of lessons in our CD. Amen? So that is knowledge. Everyone say virtue. Everyone say knowledge. Number three, we need to be self-control. What does it mean, self-control? Add to knowledge, self-control. Very simple. Self-control means be strong. 
Opposite to self-control is to be weak. Let me explain to you what it means. We need to add the strength of God into our spirit. When you were born again, we have three parts in our life. Number one, physical body. Physical body is not born again. We still have the fleshly desire to do bad stuff. We still have the carnal desire in our flesh here. Sometimes we get lazy. We don't want to wake up to go to church. That is the fleshly desire to just relax and don't want to pursue God. The second part we call soul, S-O-U-L, or mental. We have mental area of our life that control feelings, control thoughts, and decision. The first part, the body, will get the new body when you go to heaven. Thank God that we're going to be young forever in heaven. New body in heaven. We call glorious body. Our body is not born again. We get older, we're going to die one day, our body. The second part, the mental, the soul, need to be renewed on a regular basis. That's why we go to care group. That's why we go to Bible study. We read the Bible. The Word of God renew our mind. We have a lot of junk in our thinking. We learn from TV, program, from newspaper, from movie, from our ancestor. A lot of junk that is not biblical. And we renew our mind by getting the Word of God in. But our mind is not totally renewed yet. We still have some bad thoughts. Number three, spirit. Our spirit is a real us. So when I call Pastor Tyson, I don't call his body. I call his spirit, Pastor Tyson, inside. The Bible calls that spirit the inner man. Your real man, your real woman is inside here. That inner person, the spirit, will go to heaven with your soul. Your body will not go. You'll get the new body in heaven. So when we talk about self-control, what does it mean? There are three kinds of people in the world. The people who are controlled by their flesh or by their body, physical body. If I get hungry, I eat, 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 eat. When I don't want to wake up, I just sleep and I don't care what time. They just control by their body. If they want to watch pornography, they just watch pornography. They don't care. The body, they're going to try to please their eyes, their flesh, their stomach, controlled by body. The second one is controlled by their feelings. When their feeling is good, they smile. When their feeling is bad, they look. Long face. The feeling up and down, yo-yo all the time, all day long, because they're controlled by the physical body and their mind. The body is in charge and the mind is in charge. When the Bible talks about self-control, it means no, not anymore. You're going to be strong in the spirit. And the spirit of God will control your body. You know you eat too much, you're going to get sick. You stop. Your spirit say, stop body, don't eat anymore. Otherwise, you gain too much weight and you're going to be sick and have diabetes or high blood pressure. Or your thinking, start to think bad. Oh, that guy, I hate my boss. I want to gossip about my boss. Then your spirit say, stop, stop, stop. Don't think bad. Don't think negative. Don't think doubt. Your spirit is strong enough to control your mind and say, stop thinking like that. That is self-control. The spirit inside you with the Holy Spirit control your body and your mind. In our life, whatever we feed, that part going to be stronger. So your job is not to feed your body. When I say body, I mean your flesh, your sinful desire. The more you feed your sinful desire, it's going to get stronger and your spirit will get weaker and weaker. If you keep feeding your mind with the wrong stuff, wrong thinking, that's going to get stronger and the spirit inside you is going to get weaker. Some of you have been a Christian for a long time, but your spirit is weak. You may say to your body who want to go to nightclub and drink alcohol and have fun, body, don't go, don't go. Speak softly. But the body yell back out loud, stop spirit, 
I want to have fun. I'm gonna go and drink and get drunk and have fun and shoot drugs. And I don't care about committing adultery. I'm gonna do it because my body wants to have fun. Shut up right now, spirit. And the spirit just shut up. And then you just drive out to the nightclub and destroy yourself. I want to tell you right now. The Bible say, and this is the truth: people who walk according to the flesh, who let the flesh and the sinful desire dominate them, control them, will face death and corruption. If you allow your body and your mind to lead you and control you, you will destroy your marriage, your job, your ministry, your body. Everything gonna be in trouble one day. But if you walk in the Spirit, let the Holy Spirit work very strong in your spirit, and let the Spirit inside you control your body and your mind. You're gonna have life. You're gonna be healthy. Your family gonna be happy. Amen. Husband in this room, don't go by the flesh. Amen. Treat your wife with the good spirit. Control your mouth. Don't yell at your wife. Don't raise your voice. Talk to her nicely. I love you instead of being nasty to her. Amen. Everyone say self-control. Everyone say I am led by the Spirit. I'm not led by my flesh. I'm not led by my mind. By my feelings. Amen. Virtue, knowledge, self-control. Now look at the next one. This is now real sermon. Now that is introduction. Next one is patience. Everyone say patience. What is opposite to patience? The opposite to patience is impatience. Impatience will cause you to be unfruitful. Patience will make you produce and be fruitful. First of all, before I teach in detail about patience, I want to say this: patience and faith always go hand in hand. If you have faith, you have patience. If you have patience, it means you have faith. You cannot have one or the other. It's like twin. Always come together. Let's look at the Bible. First Thessalonians chapter one verse three. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father. Apostle Paul say, faith, love, and patience. Anytime you see faith, patience will come. Second Thessalonians chapter one verse four. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Paul talk about faith and patience together. Why the Bible have to put them together? Because it's not gonna work. You say that I believe in God for three days and then you quit. If you're gonna believe in God, you need to believe until you go to heaven. It means endurance. It means perseverance. It means patience. It means consistency. It means long run. It means it's a long haul. Keep going and going and going until it is finished. Amen. Look at God. Our God is a God of patience. The Bible says He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When He spoke two thousand years ago, "By my stripe you are healed." Today he still say the same thing. By my stripe you are healed. Thousand years from now he still say the same. By my stripe you are healed. He said, "I shall supply all, all of your need." Two thousand years ago, five thousand years ago. Today he still say the same thing. He's so patient and consistent. He say, "I gonna supply all of your need." Five thousand years from now, if Jesus doesn't come back, he gonna say the same. I shall supply all of your need. God never changes. God never quits. God is a patient God. His patience never come to an end. 
God is so patient with us and so patient with everything around Him, and we need to be like God. You may say something in the past, and I hope that when you say that with the conviction of the Word of God, you don't change your mind five days later. This is a human being. The human being, oh yes, I love this church. I'm gonna be involved in building the church. Three days later, somebody step on your toes. Bye bye. I'm leaving the church. No patience. You change your word within three days. Somebody step on your toes, you disappear. Impatience will cause you not to be fruitful. That's why God needs to cut off impatience out of you. Prune it, trim it, cut it off, purge it away. How are you going to develop faith and patience together? You develop by not letting the opportunities go away and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Everyone say opportunities. Everyone say yielding. For example, you know, when you want to make your muscle strong, you need to find opportunity to exercise your muscle. Otherwise, it will be weak. If you stand in the long line in a shopping mall, after a while, you have two choices. You get upset, you yell, you are unhappy, and you complain, and you start to say bad words. You let impatience get on you. But instead of doing that, you should exercise your patience. Keep your mouth shut. Let the Holy Spirit control your flesh. Not to yell. Not to be upset. Not to be irritated and frustrated. And just keep it calm and don't allow bad temper to come in. A lot of time, we God gives us opportunities to develop patience and faith, but we blow it, and then we mess up. Our testimony for Jesus. If you claim to be Christian and you work in the office and you blew up, very upset, your testimony is destroyed. People look at you. I don't want to be a Christian. So short temper. He is irritated all the time. One of the reason the nurses in the hospital like me because I am very patient person. I never yell in the OR. Something bad happened. Even the blood come out to patient may die in five minutes. I still calm. I never yell to any nurses. Very calm. Because I learned how to be patient and have faith in God that I would trust God. One time I remember a lady fell off a motorcycle and she broke her skull deep in here. When I open, the blood come out like a, you're opening the water tap. And if I don't stop it, within five minutes she will die. And we cannot get down there because it's deep in the brain. I have two choices, yell at everybody. Or just stay calm. I say it out loud. Jesus, help me. Or the nurse look at me. They know that this is serious. This is life and death. And thank God he helped me. I could stop it within two minutes. And then the lady survived and became normal. She functioned again. (laughs) Whatever you yield to, it will get stronger. If you yield to the flesh to get mad, to get impatient, that's going to get stronger. But if you yield to the Holy Spirit, the patient going to get stronger. Learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. You notice that pastor Lao love to lay hand on people and people fall under the power or people yield, go down. The reason we love to lay hand on people because the church trained you how to yield to the Holy Spirit. If you come out to be prayed for and you stand like this, okay, push me. <laughs> Holy Spirit, if you're good, you knock my knee down. If you have that attitude, believe me, when you get out there on the shopping mall and you get mad, you're not going to yield to the Holy Spirit. Because you already resist the Holy Spirit in this room where it's so easy to yield. So we learn to yield in the church. When you get out there, whoop, you yield. The Holy Spirit rise up and you learn to let Him take control of you. And you become strong. Why do people have such a bad temper? How many people have seen people with bad temper? People have bad temper not because they are Italian or Irish <laughs> or Thai or Mexican. 
They are bad temper because all this generation, their uncle, their auntie, their dad, all of them yield to the flesh, and they get on them, and they yield to the flesh as well. It's not about nationality. It's about your flesh. You yield to the impatience, to the bad temper. So when you do that, you keep doing it, doing it. So now today you learn that we need to choke bad temper. We need to push it down, starve it, starve it. Don't feed it. Don't give food to the bad temper and impatience. Yield to the Holy Spirit and become patient. Always walk in the mode of faith and patience. Everyone say. Patience and faith. No matter what's going on, you don't lose your temper. You don't lose it. You don't get mad. You don't get frustrated, irritated. You don't scream. You don't yell. You stay in the faith and patience mode. You should keep believing in the promise of God. No matter what happens, my God is bigger. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. God gonna come true for me. If God come true for me last time, He gonna come true for me again. You are so strong. You dig your heel in and stand on the rock of Jesus Christ like a big cement pillar that you're not moved and shaken by the circumstances. You just wait on God, trust God until God show up and turn the things around for you. Amen. God gonna show up and help you if you trust God. We are in the society that need everything fast. Very impatient society. Instant message, instant phone call, text message, email. Come fast, please. Drive through service, remote control. So we get used to everything now, 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 and we don't learn to how to be patient. Church people, we need to be patient. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 to 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. In other words, do not cast away. Don't throw away your faith. Have faith in God, confidence in God, which has great reward. If you have faith, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to receive reward from God. Have faith, have reward. For you have need of endurance. You can see faith and endurance or patience come together so that if you don't give up, you keep believing in the promise of God. Don't get mad. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't yell. Don't get frustrated. So that you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Which means you may receive the manifestation of the fulfillment of the promise of God. Amen. What is going to make us fruitful? The Bible says patience. Why we need to be patient? Because impatience make us a quitter, make us throwing in a tower. We just quit. And that's happened in society today. People are so impatient, I'm going to get to the next wife. After the second marriage, you bother me. I'm going to get to the third wife. After a while, they work on the fifth wife, the fifth marriage. And this happened in the church too. Okay, don't take me wrong. I'm not trying to say about somebody who just moved to this church. I'm talking about this condition. A person walking to the church. Oh, pastor, I want to kiss your cheek. You're so good. I love this church so much. Oh, wonderful church. Three months later, where is he? <laughs> oh, he moved to the next church already. And if you interview these people, in three years, they moved to nine churches because of lack of patience. Somebody step on their toe a little bit in the church. Oh, not good anymore. I moved church. Keep moving church. Nine churches in three years. It's different from a person who stays faithful, patient in a church for a long time, and eventually the Lord releases him or her 
to another church. That is a different issue. I'm talking about people who are so impatient. Oh, this church lay hand too much. I'm leaving. This church preaching too long. I'm leaving. Never be satisfied with anything. Just keep moving, moving, moving. People who act like that never been fruitful. Never build anything because they keep moving, keep going and going and going, quitting and quitting and quitting all the time. Never root themselves in any place to be fruitful enough. If you want to be fruitful. You need to learn how to be patient, yield to the Holy Spirit, and press through all the difficulty until you get to the harvest time. There will be a harvest time for you if you don't give up too soon. People who are impatient plant the seed in, and five days later, where is the tree? Okay, I move to the next field. Put the seed in. Five days later, don't see the tree. They move on again. They will never reap any harvest of fruit because they are impatient. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sins which so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us. God say that we have a race to run to heaven, fulfill. Everything God called us to do, so that we can be fruitful, and we need to lay aside certain thing, maybe certain habit, certain sin, certain stuff that steal your time from being with God. You may have to give up playing golf too much, so that you can run the race for God. Golfing is not bad, but if you play all the time, you cannot be fruitful for God. So you may have to give up more for God. And then the Bible say that you're gonna keep running, 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 running with endurance, with patience, until you get to the finish line. Christianity is about the long haul. Christianity is about the duration, long haul. Christianity is not about who gonna make the most confession in two hours in the church and then disappear. Christianity is not about who memorizes scripture the most in the church in 24 hours and disappear. Christianity is not about who gonna pray the loudest in the church in the next one hour and disappear. Christianity is about get excited, have faith. Stand firm. Keep running and running with excitement until you get to the finish line without giving up or quitting. Faith and patience. God told me to start this church, build a church for me. I say that 22 years ago. I'm still saying the same, and I'm gonna say this until I die. That I'm gonna build a church. Amen. I say that I'm gonna go and help Japan, and I keep doing that until Japan reject me. Then I will not go. But if they don't reject me, I keep going until I die. I'm gonna keep running the race, keep going without stopping, without quitting. If you let impatience come into your life, what happened? The devil will start to deceive you to quit. How did he do that? He will say, "Why?" He's gonna raise the question, "Why you have to do that? Why you have to keep going to care group? Why you have to fly to that nation every three months? Why? 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 For what?" And if you hear that for a while, what happened? You get irritated, frustrated, and you're gonna eventually quit, and you will never see the harvest because you quit beforehand. Faith is not frustrated. Faith is not irritated. Faith is full of peace. Anytime things happen to you, you say it's gonna be all right. God is on my side. God will work for me. The promise of God never fail. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. It's gonna reap the harvest one day. I don't worry about it. I'm gonna keep running and do what God called me to do until to the eternity. Amen. We need to cut off the impatience. 
We should not be just a starter. We should be the finisher. Everyone turn to each other and say, "You are not just a starter. You are the finisher." Many Christians like to start 100 projects at the same time, but never finish one. I rather f- start one project, finish it, and go to the next project. Don't try to grab many projects and never finish. Amen. James chapter 5 verse 7. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You will never see a picture of God sitting on the throne, God Jehovah, and get frustrated, irritated, and upset, and say, "I need to get out of here right now. I can't take this anymore," and run out. You will never see God get irritated and frustrated and upset and get into a bad mood. He looked calm. He looked very full of faith. He's a loving God. He's very patient. Whatever happened, he said, "A piece of cake. I can take care." He will never get frustrated, yell at people, and quit. God never quit. God's still doing His job. Thousand of years, He still say the same thing. He still do the same thing. He never quit. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you walk by faith, if you walk with patience, God gonna renew your strength, and you're gonna be a triumph, glorious church. You're gonna be a victorious, overcoming church with the head of the devil under your feet. You will not be a crying, irritated, frustrated, defeated, impatient church. You're gonna be a strong, full of faith church that gonna run the race to the end. James chapter one verse two, the Bible say, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials." The Bible does not say, "My brethren, get frustrated, get upset, complain, cry, and weep like a baby when you face multiple problems and quit as soon as possible." God say, "Count it all joy when you face problem." <laughs> Hallelujah! Smile, count it all joy. Yesterday. Pastor Dar report to me some problem in the church in Thailand. And I was not upset. I just, ha, ha, ha. You're going to go with the fire of God and fix the problem. Because greater is He yes. is in me than the one who is in the world. Amen. Amen. You can tell the devil. When the devil throw bad stuff to you, you say, devil, I'm sorry. I think you picked the wrong one. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You picked the wrong one. You're going to eat it. Because I'm going to be a strong Christian. I'm not going to give up. I'm gonna be in joy. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna shout hallelujah, and God gonna come through for me. I can stand in faith. You're gonna look bad because at the end, God gonna look good, and I'm gonna look good too. And you're gonna look bad. You picked the wrong one to throw the stuff to me because I'm a patient and a man of full faith and strong in the Holy Spirit and in the in the might of the Lord. Amen. How many people want to be strong Christians? Don't be impatient. The Bible says joy is of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to feel joy to laugh. You can laugh without feeling the joy. You just ha 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 ha. Even inside, hmm, wow, this is a big problem. Ha 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 ha. You don't need to feel glorious before you say glory. You don't need to feel hallelujah before you say hallelujah. You can say hallelujah, glory, and laugh in the Holy Ghost, even though you don't feel good inside you. 
because it's about faith. It's not about feeling. Look at King David. When King David met the Goliath, the big giant, he say in First Samuel chapter 17 verse 36, "Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God." When the problem come. King David did not sit and cry and weep and complain and quit and get frustrated and irritated and get into the bad mood. He said, King Saul, lion, I take them out of commission. Bear, I kill them. Huh, this Philistine, they will be like one of them. I'm going to knock him down. And he put out the sling with the rock, throw, and then the giant was killed because it was a man of faith. He was so patient. He trusts God. If someone come to you and say, you know, I have a sad story about myself. You smile. Call it all joy. If you do that, later on, they will not come and complain to you anymore. <laughs> because every time you say, Pastor, I have a problem. Call it all joy. Ha, ha, ha. After a while, they will stop calling you. <laughs> Why you have to call it all joy? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't be upset. Don't be a crying baby Christian. Don't be a weeping Christian. Whatever harass you, ever cut anything come against you, you just say, I'm going to count it all joy. I know God going to come through for me. If he came through last year, he's going to come through again this year. I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to run the race to the end. I'm not going to quit. I will keep going. God is on my side. I want to end this sermon by reading James chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience is not produced in three hours, in three days, in three months, in three years. It takes time to produce and to build up. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many people want to live that kind of lifestyle, lacking nothing? I like it, lacking nothing. Is that fruitfulness? If you walk in patience, you lack nothing. You are fruitful. Everything you touch, prosper. People come to you, you talk to them, they get encouraged. Everything's so good, lacking nothing. Because you are patience. I want to encourage you today. Let the opportunity build your patience up. Yield to the Holy Spirit. And anytime you start to feel sorry for yourself, feel frustrated, just shut it out. Resist it and say, ha ha ha. Ho ho ho. He he he. Everyone say, ha ha ha. Ho ho ho. He he he. <laughs> oh, you will be a good witness in your office. Anything come? Ha ha ha. Ho ho ho. Count it all joy. Be patient. Everyone say with me. I'm not a quitter. I'm not impatient. I count it all joy. I run the race with endurance to the end. I will reap the harvest. I will be more fruitful. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone in this room don't know Jesus Christ and you want to become a born-again Christian? Or you may think you know, but you never invite Jesus into your heart. I want to encourage you to do that. Anyone want to make sure you will go to heaven and accept Jesus Christ? Raise your hand up. If anyone wants to do that, raise your hand up. Praise God. Keep your hand up and pray with me. Father in heaven, I am a sinner, but I need your forgiveness. Lord, thank you so much for forgiving me through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for my sin. 
O Lord, forgive me. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. He was raised from the dead on the third day. I am saved now. From now on, I shall be the branch. And Jesus, you are my wine. I connect with you. And I shall be fruitful. Make me a person of excellence. Help me to be self-controlled. Increase the knowledge in me. And help me to be patient. I want to be more fruitful for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name.